Good evening. We're ready to get started tonight. We're learning Maseches Psachim Daf Nun, and we are beginning about um, twelve lines or so, maybe fifteen lines from the bottom of the page. As you may recall from Shabbos, we were discussing sugyas of Ami Haaretz, and of course, not the Ami Haaretz of today, but someone who, uh, I think as David just put it best, what we were talking, they were lahaches, they were antagonistic of, uh, you know, the way that Rabbi Akiva framed himself, that back in the day, he would have loved the opportunity to be noshcho kechamor, to, to bite the Talmud Chacham in a way that is uh, extremely negative. Um, so obviously, we're not talking about regular Ami Haaretz here. Um, and then we're going to go today um, uh, until about eight lines or so from the bottom of Nunam Abayz. Let's get started. There were six things that were stated in regards to an Am Haaretz. Number one, we don't utilize them to be Edim when we need an aid. We also don't listen to Edus from them, which is two different things. One is telling them Edus and one is hearing Edus from them. We don't reveal uh, deep things to them. We don't make them an apotropos, which is a guardian of some kind over a yasom, over someone who has no parents. We also don't trust them to deal with the finances, finances of tzedakah. As we saw yesterday, we also don't um, accompany them on, on a trip. And some even hold that you have no mitzvah to do hachraza by Hashavas Aveda, famous mission Eilamitzis, that uh, if you find a, an object and there are some simanim in some way, shape, and form, you should do hachraza, which is to say out loud, I found this object. Who does it belong to? So this person doesn't even earn it. He's a zero. He doesn't have, we don't have a halachic obligation to, let's say it in a halachic way. The mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda disappears for the Am Haaretz. It seems from the Gemara that way. Why didn't the Tanakama write that? The Tanakama answers the Gemara, because you can't always throw out the baby with the bathwater, Zimnan, sometimes, sometimes he has children who are wonderful. It does happen. It does happen that you have a tzaddik ben Russia. There are scenarios like that. Uh, and then that child can be the beneficiary of that lost item, and therefore Ashava Saveda should still apply. That's why the Tanakhama didn't include it in his list of six. One person will prepare, but tzaddik yilbash, and a, and a righteous person will be the beneficiary, his children. We said in our Mishnah, the whole discussion about if someone accidentally takes meat from Yerushalayim, it's really kachim, it should not have been brought out of the Mikdash. And we said in our Mishnah and the Gemara that you have to go up to Tzofim, this either a city, the called Tzofim, or a place where you can see the Mikdash, whatever the case may be. And there in the Mishnah, we saw that there were different shitas uh, of what size we're concerned about, not in the Mishnah, the Gemara, and the Brayso, about what sizes we should be concerned about. Let's say I took a tiny little morsel of food. Is that enough to be forced me to go back to the Mikdash to burn it by the, uh, by the bira? So there we saw Machlokas, whether or not it's a Kibeta or a Kazai. So says the Gemara, at the two dots, eight, nine lines from the bottom of the page, Mem Tesma Beis, says the Gemara, the Memra, this implies the Rebbe Meir, Savar Kibeta Udachashu, that Rebbe Meir seems to say that a Kibeta, that's an amount. That's the amount that we're concerned about. That's a chashiv amount that you have to return for. Rabbi Huda says, no, it's much less. Savar Kizai's Nami Chashiv, even a smaller amount of a Kizai, which is half of a Kibeta. So that's an amount that we should be worried about. Says the I have a source in the Tanaim that disagrees with this shita. Eight lines from the bottom of Mem Tesmud Beis says the Gemara, I'd come This is a halacha from Masechus Brachos. Um, how much food do you have to eat for uh, for a mezuman? So it says the Gemara, it depends. 
It's a Stam Mishnah's Karebi Meir. There's no, no name there, but we do attribute that statement of Ad Kezayis to be Rebbe Meir. Well, that's the opposite of what Rebbe Meir just said, a line above. A line above, Rebbe Meir said that the amount of food that we have to be concerned about that you take out of the Beis HaMikdash that you then have to bring back is a Kibetza. Yet here by Hilchos Benching, he says that it's not the case, it's only Kezayis. And the reverse is also true by Rebbe Huda. Rebbe Huda Ad Kibetza, they reverse their Shitas, says the Gemara. One answer says, Amar of Yochanan, You're right, there was a mistake somewhere, so we have to flip one of the shitas. Seemingly, we're going to flip this shita. Um, and what that would then mean is that who does the shitaso as a kezayis, and Rebbe is the shitaso as a kebetza. That's answer number one. Abaye Omar, it's five, six lines from the bottom of the page. Abaye Omar, do not switch the shitas. There's a reason why, by the halachos of benching, that there's a different approach for Rebbe and Rebbe as there is here. By benching, Rebbe says a kezayis. And over here by the Kachim, he says it's a Kibetza. So why does Rameir distinguish? And why does Rehuda distinguish? Says the Gemara, Lotepuch, Hasam, Bekrai, Plige. Over there and by benching, they're arguing about Pshat and Apasuk. But over here, Hacha Besvara Plige. This is a beautiful explanation the Gemara gives right now. Hasam, Bekrai, Plige. What Pasuk are they talking about? The Pasuk, Ve'achalta, Ve'savata. So there's two ways to understand that Pasuk. Rabbi Meir, Savar, Ve'achalta, Zoachila. When we say achalta, we define achila as achila, like regular, like a kizayis. The savata, zoshesia, when one is satiated, that's not talking about achila. That's talking about a liquid. How much is achila? Stam v'achila, v'kizayis. However, that's when you separate the words v'achalta and v'savata. But according to Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, Savar, v'achalta, v'savata, those are together. Achila sh'yesh basviya, ve'ezo zo, v'kibetza. Rabbi Huda says, we don't make the drasha where we distinguish and separate the word v'achalta and v'savata. No, they're together. What type of achila is bali de svia? That's only if you eat a double shear, a double kezayis, which is a kibetza. And that's why over there by, by, uh, by Maseches Brachos, by the Halachos of Birkas Hamazon, there the shear is different because we're basing it on the Pasuk and they understood the Pasuk differently. But hacha is svara pligi. Here we're dealing with the svara in regards to when we have to return the kachim to the mikdash. What are the svaras on both sides? The Rabbi Meir Savar Chazaraso Ketumaso. We decide what needs to be returned based on to what needs to be returned if you accidentally took it out of the Mikdash. We decide what needs to be returned based on its similarities to Tuma. Matumaso Bekebetza, just like we know that a food item cannot transmit Tuma unless it is the Shir Bekebetza. That too is exactly the same share for Chazara. But Rabbi Huda argues, Rabbi Huda Savar, he says, as we turn to the top of Nunam and Aleph, Chazara, so ki isura, no, no. The Chazara that we're obligated to bring back the meat to the Mikdash that we accidentally inadvertently took out is not based on a Tuma status of a Kibetza, but it's rather based on a Shir Achila of Isser, which is Kizayis. Uh, therefore, my isura be Kizayis, af Chazara, so be And then a dissenting opinion to all of this Tanya, Reb Nassan, Omer, Zeveh, um, And some say that's not true, both by Chametz and by um, and by uh, Kodshim, that it would be a shear of Shtei Beitzim, which is even more than we've been talking about at all. We've been talking about a Kibetzim, so it's a much larger shear. While we're talking about Yerushalayim, the Gemara picks up on three psukim from, uh, from Sefer Zechariah. Um, Zechariah, as we know, is one of the last of the uh, one of the last of the Nevi'im that we ever had. Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi were around for elements of the Anshei Knesset Sagdola, and after that, we had no more Nevuah with the Chorbin Beis Hamikdash. Nevuah was removed, and famously, it was removed to Shotim and Ketanim. We don't even know what that means, but sometimes kids say the darndest things. You know, sometimes it could be. We don't know when. We don't know what. We don't know how. But people who are shotim, who are mentally incapacitated in one way or another, or children, sometimes they say things that are prophetic. We don't know how to be mavchen bein zelazeh, but that's what the Gemara writes elsewhere. 
I don't remember where, but the Gemara writes elsewhere that uh, the Nevua was given to Shotim and Ketan. Nevertheless, these three Psukim that we're going to analyze are from uh, Sefer Zechariah in the very last parak of Sefer Zechariah, which is Parak Yedal. The Pasuk reads, on that day, by the time of the uh, the messianic era, lo or yikaros What do these languages of yikaros vekipaon mean? So it says the Gemara, my yikaros vekipaon. Three answers. Amar Rabbi Elazar, ze or she yakarba olam hazeh vekafuil olam haba. The light that's most precious, not the most precious, a precious light in this world is the sun. But the kipaon, it's as if it's frozen. It's as if it's irrelevant in the next world. So that's the kafui la haba in the next world. That light, that's a zero compared to the light of olam haba. It has no comparison at all. Rav Yochanan Amar, Eilu Nagayim Ve'oholos. No, this Pasuk is teaching us that to learn Nagayim Ve'oholos, that's super heavy. A different language of the word Yakar. Ekvedus, a very uh, very heavy weight. It's difficult to learn Nagayim Ve'oholos. And by the way, if Rav Yochanan is saying that it's hard to learn Nagayim Ve'oholos, <laughs> You should, uh, you know, measure yourself a little bit if you think you understand what's going on. We don't understand these things; they're too hard to understand. Uh, but if we're kona a little bit here, then by the time we get to olam then we'll have a little bit of, of a better understanding there. And a third answer: There's some people who, in this world, seem to be so chashuv. You know, the white picket fence life, they've got money, they've got looks, they've got everything going for them. It's great, it's wonderful, they learn, they've got everything going for them. So there says the Gemara in the name of Yeshua ben Levi, they seem to be the reverse in the next world. And the Gemara we're about to see is a very well-known Gemara. And it's also used as a catchphrase that people use of Olam Hafuchra, you see. And here is uh, this one of two Marimakomos, the first in Shas, the second is in Baba Basra. And the Gemara says that this line of Rabbi Yeshua and Ben Levi is Kihad of Yosef, although uh, uh, if it's like his son who said it, Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi and his son, Kihad of Yosef, read Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. Where did Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi get his line from? That there are people in this world who are the opposite. He got it from his son because his son was sick, Chalash. Rashi says, Isnagid. It's uh, two inches above where we are, Gava, Upar Charucho. He had, he had like a near-death experience, as we call it in our modern era. He almost died. He saw the other side of, uh, of the line. He hadar when he was healed and he got back. Omar le avu the father of Yeshua and Levi said to Yosef, what did you see? Omar le, and here's the line, Olam hafu Isi, last of the short lines, Nunam and I saw a reverse world. People who seem to be on the top of their game, they were, they were lowly people in Olam Haba. But uh, people who were Tachtonim, the people who were you know, downtrodden, again, how to define these terms is important because we want to be that downtrodden person in this world. We want to know what that means. What does it mean? Is it pas b'malach tochal? Does it mean you had a tough life? It's not so. I don't know what it means. It requires, uh, requires some commentary. So if you take a look at Rashi, we get a little bit of a glimpse, an inch, inch and a half above where we are, Dibra Maschil, El Yonim Lemata, Osa and Shahayukan Chashuvim, Ra'isi Kalim. Those people who seem to be chashuv here, so maybe it's people who pursue chashivas. What if someone's chashiv because there's a tamachah, because they're a tamachah? And we'll see in a moment that that's an exclusion. But uh, anyways, it's olam hafuch raisi. First of the long lines, amarlo bini olam baru raisa. You saw clarity. That is taka, the way things are, that those who appear to be chashiv here um, are the people who are not so chashiv there. But anon hechi hasam. How about tamidi chachamim? How about people who are involved in Talmud Torah, people who are sitting and steiging, sitting and learning? So his son, Rabbi Yosef, says back to him, um, The way that we are treated here is that we are treated there. 
So the way we have halachos in, uh, in Yoradeh, the way we're supposed to treat a rav when a Tamil Chacham walks in the room, by Ashkenazim, we're supposed to stand up twice when they enter our Dalad Amos. We have a nice custom that when a rav gets up to get an aliyah, that we all should do this. Every time a rav gets up and gets in, we should all stand up. But halacha lamaisa, the din is triggered when they're in your Dalad Amos. That's halacha lamaisa. That may be a kiyum of a mitzvah of some kind. Um, to do that, if they do that, and Sephardim have a custom every time that the Rav walks within Dalad Amos, they always have to stand up. But Sephardim are always better with these things. <laughs> the Kavarat Torah is a whole different land, you know, a whole different lens and a whole different level. I was, uh, I think I may have told this story before, but I was a chazan in a shul in New York, and this shul, I didn't, I was very, very young at the time. This shul, uh, when you brought brought the Torah to the um, to the bima tolin, you went to the women's side. So I was caught off guard. I didn't know. I wasn't about to make a stare. So I, okay, I carried the Torah on the women's side. This Sephardic woman gave the Torah a big bear hug with one arm and me with the other one and gave the Torah a big kiss, gave me a big kiss and kept going. <laughs> so, okay, they, uh, I'll, I'll accept the Avera. But that was a mamish. The, the kavod is a, it's a whole different level. Anyways, Ladina, it's, it's appropriate that one should stand up when a rub walks in the room, but Ladina, it's really only required when they walk in their Dalai Ramos. They'll give you a great nafkamina. A rub is walking out of the room not to get an aliyah. They just have to go to the, to the men's room. They're, when they walk by you, that's the you know, when you're obligated to stand up. That's really when it's okay. It's appropriate. It's nice. It's wonderful. It's good midos when they stand up to, to speak. But that's already uh, a hidur. That's not ladina. Ladina is that when they walk within your Dalai Ramos, same for parents, by the way. A parent that, um, again, Sephardim Ashkenazim Nebuchadnezzar. But when, when your parents are within Dalai Ramos, you're obligated to stand up. It's a mitzvah sasei shaltor. It's a mitzvah of kibud abayim. Uh, it's, uh, it's appropriate to do so. Good. Um, okay. So says the Gemara. Uh, that we, we Talmidei Chachamim, as it were, uh, will be treated appropriately uh, in the, here and then in the next world. The Shamati Shahi Omrim Ashrei Misheba Lakan Abiyado. And also, Rabbi Yosef said, I heard, Ashrei, happy is the one, Misheba Lakan, the person who gets to the end of their life and they enter the uh, they enter Olam Habavet, Talmud Abiyado. Ten Pshatim. What does Talmud Abiyado mean? Does it mean the Yad, that you write a lot, that you write your Divay Torah, that all of your, the letters of the notes that you've written in the sides of your Gemara, they're all going to float up. Talmud Abiyado that your mom is holding. Talmud Abiyado that your mom has read it once. Shitas Lakanu, Lakanu, Lakan. And we should uh, do our very best to, to be Talmud Abiyado. We should try to Fisa and Shas, whatever that means for for each of us, Shamati as well. Shahiu Omrim Haruge Malchus Enodem Yachol Lama B'Mechitzasim. This we know intellectually that someone who's uh, given up their life, their Haruge Malchus Pashut, that those people are in a special place. So Uman Ninhu, who are these people that are referred to as Haruge Malchus? Ilema Rabbi Akiva Vechaverov, the people who we know from the the famed Asara Haruge Malchus. If that's what we're talking about. But that wasn't their only merit. But they were also they were they were remarkable people in their own right. It's not only uh, it wasn't the only it's a, it, it's the highest it's the highest level. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the only thing that earned them such a remarkable spot. It says the Gemara, you're taka right, Ela Haruge Lud. We're talking about the two brothers, says Rashi di Bramaskal Haruge Lud, two, three inches above where we are. Rashi says Haruge Lud, Shne Achim Hayu. Uh, Lulianus and, and uh, Papus, and it doesn't say it here, but that's the names of them. Shemasru Atman al Yisrael. They gave up their lives to save the Jewish people. There was a decree that someone had killed Shaholu al Atman Harigas Basmelech. Someone had killed the princess Shaimatil and Osal Kol Yisrael. They were going to destroy the people, so they were not guilty. But they said, if we don't step up, so then they're going to they're going to demolish the Jewish people. Better the two of us should die than thousands of others should die. They were innocent, and they ended up being killed. They were b'mechitzas, and they were in their own place in Olam Haba. Very, very, very lofty level. Again, these are not people who were known to be the Rebbe Akivas of the world. They were, quote unquote, uh, your average Jew. Obviously, they weren't so average because they made a decision that is just uh, 
hard to fathom. And that is Pasuk number one, uh, again, our, our Yerushalayim connection from the Mikdash, from the, when we forget about the, when we bring the Kachim out by accident past Sofim, fine. That's Pasuk number one, a few answers. And then the story about Rav Yosef uh, and, uh, and the following ensuing story about uh, Olam Hafuch Ra'isi. Pasuk number two, the Pasuk reads five, six lines down into the wide lines. What does Metzilos mean? Uh, it, it, the, uh, on that day, in the messianic, in the messianic era, there will be al mitzilos Hashem Hasus, and the mitzilos. We'll see what that means of the horse. Kodesh Hashem, it will be sanctified. My mitzilos Hasus. What does that mean? A few answers here too. Omer Bishub and Levi. Also, the Kodesh Baruch Hu Lasvel Yisraelim at Shasus Ratzu Matzil. That when a Kodesh Baruch Hu, we've spoken about this idea before. I didn't know where it was until I learned Dafyumi this morning. But the Gemara says that when uh, when Asir Kodesh Baruch Hu is gonna is gonna he's gonna add to Yisraelim, and how much is he gonna add? So as far as a horse can run until umatzil. So the Meforshmir points out umatzil means from the language of tzil, when he can no longer see his own shadow. When is that? That's when the sun is directly overhead. So chatzos hayom. Now, okay, it depends what your climate is. It's only if you're in on the equator. But if you live where we are, the sun goes south, it casts a shadow north. That's not the point. The point is as far as the horse can run until noon, approximately. Halachic chatzos, that's how much is going to be Yerushalayim. Rabbi Eliezer, Amr, no, it's not talking about adding to Yerushalayim necessarily, but called metzilos, shetolon, lasus metzilos, bells or accoutrements, the things that you add onto the animal for, for noy, for beauty, shetolon, lasus beinenevi, akodosh Hashem, those are things that we will sanctify and give to akodosh baruch, we'll dedicate them to him. Rabbi Yochanan, Amr, called biza sheboses in Yisrael, the spoils that we will collect in, in that time, we'll be able to dedicate all of that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Again, in the same language, how much spoils do we get within the area in which the animal can run until, until the sun is directly overhead? And that is, uh, these are the three Pshatim in the Pasuk. But the Gemara asks halfway down on Nunam and Aleph, Bishlam, I understand one of the answers. Bishlam Alaman de Amar kol biza shebazizu Yisrael, because if you look at the rest of the Pasuk, hainu dechsiv, v'hayyo hasiros b'veis Hashem kimizrakim l'fnei mizbeach, hasiros, the pots. That's the spoils. I understand that answer. You want to tell me you picked up spoils? I got it. That's the that's the continuation of the pasuk. But the other two answers that don't speak about spoils. So what are they talking about? What my, what's shot in the pasuk then? But my So says the Gemara. You're absolutely right. But they're saying that there's another thing, another chiddush that's happening. The first part of the pasuk is for whatever answers they gave for the first part of the pasuk, not about the bizui, not about the spoils. I what's the second part of the pasuk? My disconnected from the reisha, but to say demis asre yisrael again, the the second tough is a, a equivalent to a shin. Demis ashre they become wealthy with an ayin. Umis not and they give a lot of donations to the Mikdash. This on the mandam or visa. I have another reason as to why it should be the case that uh, it should be visa, that it should be spoils, because later the Pasuk says, Hainu this Pasuk is uh, um, is found still later in Zachariah and Pasuk Kafalaf of that last parak and Parak Yadalad, below Yeknani Hashem here the word Kenani um, means uh, workers. We'll see soon as to what the proof is to this, but we didn't need any workers. We, we got the visa. That's what the whole point is, that I understand the answer of visa, that you got all of the spoils because now we don't need a Kanani. We don't need a worker, not the people of Canaan, but a Kanani is referred to as a worker in this case. We'll see shortly how we know that this is the case. But according to the other shitas who don't say that it's about visa, so then they, they, they didn't get the spoils, so then what's pshat? And why then uh, did they give the answers that they gave? My my velo yeknani. What does it mean that there were no workers that we didn't have to work at all? Everything was so easy. Amar of Yermia, ain 
kan ani. It's a play on words. Ain kan ani. That's why the pasuk means velo yeh kanani. Velo yeh kan ani. There will be no poor people. That's what it's saying. It's a drasha. Uchanani minolan deikri tagar. How do we know the kanani in this pasuk is referring to a merchant and referring to someone who works? Says the Gemara with a backhanded svara. Well, there's two answers actually, but the Gemara's first position is as follows. Tchsiv vayarsham Yehuda bas ish kanani. Yehuda. The son of Yaakov, the grandchild of Yitzchak, the great grandchild of Avraham Avinu, he married a woman who was Bas Ish Kenani, the daughter of a man from Canaan. So it says the Gemara, my Kenani, Ilema Kenani Mamish. If you want to say that Yehuda married a girl who was really part of Canaan, Efshar, is it possible? But Avraham is Yitzchak that Avraham warned Yitzchak about not marrying a Kenani. And Yitzchak comes along and he says to you, he's like, come on, you, no one can marry someone from Kenan, the Yehuda Azil, the Nasib. And then he picks up the one girl he decides to marry is from Kenan. There's no way. There's no way that Pshat and the Pasuk can be a Kenani Mamish. It can't be. There's no way. Yehuda was a tzaddik. Yehuda was not. There's no way. By Yigashe love Yehuda, he was, he was righteous. There's no way that he would marry someone that was not from, uh, that who would marry someone from Kenan. So it has to be. El Amar Shimon ben Lakish Bas Gavra Tagra. He married the daughter of a Gavra Tagra, of a man who was a merchant. Dechsiv Kenan Biado. Mosne Mirma, the word Kenan, he's a worker, and in his hands he had a scale, a dishonest scale. Another reason as to how we know that the word Kenan means a merchant, the Pasuk writes, Asher Socherecha Sarim Kenaneha Nichbadei Eretz. And where we see the word Sochar and Kenan are in the same Pasuk, so another, another Pasuk reference. The two dots, three fourths of the way down, well known, says the Gemara, Atu Ha'irna Labechadu. So before that day, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu brings Mashiach, but he wasn't—he's not—he's not one now. We have a mitzvah the twice a day, once a day, twice a day. Good discussion. We have a, we have a mitzvah the rishon and Shema all the time. Of course, Hashem is one, one right now. So what does it mean that it's one then? Answers the Gemara. This world and the next world are not the same. In this world, when there are besoros tovos, when there are wonderful things, wonderful tidings, we say baruch atov v'ameitiv. A personal shechter made a bracha b'shemu malchus baruch atah Hashem elokinu malacholam atov v'ameitiv when he got uh, when he got the injection for the vaccine. Shail in the post game. I'm on a rabbi's chat. A shul rabbi, not because I'm a rabbi, I'm on a shul rabbi's chat because I work for the OU with rabbis. And I get to watch these rabbis banter back and forth. What brachas you make? Is it shechianu? Is it a tov ametiv? Is it usher to make a bracha? The whole gamut. This is mamash the din. And he says, it's pikuach nefashos. And this is saving your life. That's the svara. This is svara. I didn't make a bracha personally. Matter of fact, we're not uh, in kind to that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he made a bracha, he made the bracha of Hashem Malchus. So someone was standing there and they said to him, I saw Rebbe made a bracha. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> weren't you just watching? He didn't say that, but like, you kind of got the feeling like, weren't you just watching? Yeah, he made a bracha of Hashem Malchus. It's on video. I didn't the story of my Rebbe is in the... Hey, I, I, what do you I think we're doing? We're looking at the Rebbe We're looking back at the generation's turn. The generation's turn. So, I mean, Corona is going to be part of our world for a while. Maybe.
you can make the next bracha. That's what the bracha says. That's the next line of the Gemara. You can make an, an unfortunate tidings. Then, of course, you make the bracha. It's rare that we say this usually by the of a person's family. So it's not a fun bracha to make. But that's That's where we make a distinction between that which appears to us to be good and that which appears to us to be bad. However, once there's that clarity in the next world, there is no bad. There is no bad. Uh, the lofty levels of people who uh, really can say the bracha uh, of, you know, Hadayin HaEmes with Alev Shalem, they're few and far between. That's a, a very, very lofty level. Uh, one beautiful mashal I heard for some of the more difficult things that happen in life, the periods of time that we are currently going through, is that uh, one of the ways to look at it is that sometimes you see when you're making like a, a knit artwork on the back side of the artwork, you see like the ends of the fibers, they look gross. Like they're, they're uneven, they're not tied nicely, they're not all the color, it doesn't look beautiful because we don't get to see from above. We're, we're looking from within. So we only see what we see. And that was the Musr that in one of the Midrashim, it says, I can explain everything to you, but I have to take you back to Tohu Vavo. If you saw the whole stream of history, we wouldn't ask such a question. Flip around the artwork. It's gorgeous on the other side. So that's the Nafkamina, is that in this world, we only see the back of the artwork. We're not able to appreciate the bigger picture. That's why when things happen that are difficult, we, we change the bracha of Olam It's only going to be Kulo because we're never going to know otherwise. It's all good. Ushmo echad, my echad. What does that mean? Atu ha'idna lav shmo echad. We already explained the first part of the pasuk that when it says Hashem that he's going to be a melech. What about shmo echad? One name. He already has one name. Atu ha'idna lav shmo echad. It says more. No, he does not have one name. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak. Lo ke'olam azeh ha'olam abba. There's a difference between this world and the next. Ke'olam azeh nechtav b'yudhei. The Nikra Ba'alith Dalas. When we talk about a Kodesh Baruch, who really his name is Yudke Vavke, really that's a Kodesh Baruch. We don't pronounce it that way. That's, that's a big problem. You're not allowed to say Hashem's name based on the vowelization of the Yud and the Hey. That's not allowed. Yud and the Hey and the Vav and the Hey, all four letters together. That's not allowed. We pronounce it as Adnus, the name of Adnus, Aleph and Dalit and Nun and Yud. You're not supposed to say Yud K and Vav K. If you say Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey, that's okay, but you cannot spell out Yud K Vav K straight through, that's not allowed. Other letters are Aleph Lamed, though you can spell other names, but to spell Yud Kevavke, and I believe Aleph Dalet and Nun and Yud are also included. You have to add a letter, a word in, in the middle to interject in the spelling. Okay, so this is the nafkamina between Olam and Olam Abba. Olam Azen, Nikhtab Yud Hei V'Nikra Ba'alaf Ta'as, Ba'al Olam Abba, Kulo Echad, Nikra B'Yud Hei V'Nikhtab B'Yud Hei V'Den, in Yur Tashem, when we all get there after 120 years, we'll be able to call a Kaddish Baruch Hu by his real name. Sava Rava L'Midrash Al-Bimpirka, uh, Rava wanted to give shir in this. The Midrasha, he wanted to uh, teach Bipirka in shir. Omar Leahu Saba, there was an, an older uh, an older person, uh, often referred to as Eliyahu Anavi. He says, Le, uh, Le ksiv. It needs to be hidden. It needs to be hidden. You should not be publicly speaking about this. Leave it alone. Rav Avina, Rami Ksiv, he says that there's a contradiction in the Pasuk. Rav Avina says, Ze Shemi Le Olam, a hidden. It's a, a play on the words. This is going to be my name. It's mentioned publicly. I am not uh, read as I am written. That when we are still in, in this world, until we uh, make it to the next world, again, healthy until 120, we're, we're, we're stuck with the name of Adnus. And we cannot really refer to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's a gullus of sorts. I can't refer to my parent in the direct way. It's very indirect. 
over and you should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Starting a new parak, parak makom shenagu. This Mishnah is famous for, for dozens of reasons. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to push through now. The Mishnah here speaks about minhagen. If a person has a minhag that they're allowed to do malach and erev Pesach. Now, when we talk about malach and erev Pesach, we're not talking about Isuri Daraisa, Skila, we're not talking about any of that. The only Isur Daraisa at Erev Pesach is going to be uh, the Isur of Achilas Chametz. But the Isur of Malacha, so the post can say you should try to shave before Chatzos, try to shower before Chatzos, try to get everything done before Chatzos. But in a Makom where there is a Minhak to do Malacha before, un, un, until that time, no problem, Osin. Makom Shinagu Shilolasos, Ain Osin. You should follow the Minhag of your Makom. What happens if you crisscross? What if you go from a place where they do malacha uh, to a place where they don't do malacha, or vice versa? Or a place where people don't do malacha on Arab Pesach to a place where they do. The place where you're coming from, the place where you're going to. By the way, this mission is going to be used extensively in the discussion about Yom Tov Shane Shalgalios when an American goes to Eretz Yisrael and an Eretz Yisrael and they come to America. Big, 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 big Shilohs. The very short version of that sugya is that according to Moshe Feinstein and the mainstream sock is that we always keep chumras lakan ulakan. If you're an American going to Eretz Yisrael, you can't just stand aside to keep one day. That's not appropriate. So the post can come up with coolers. You have to own a property. You have to be there for all three regalim. A whole, a whole big mix of sheep. It's a very, very complicated sugya. But nevertheless, the rule of thumb is this, that whenever you uh, are going to a place where there are different minhagim, so then you have to take the chumras of your minhag from where you are coming from and the chumras of the place where you are going to, turning to the top of Nunam and Beis, Yishana Adam, Ibn Machlokes. One should be careful not to cause machlokas in their deviations from their minhagim. Kayote, but we're not going to go into detail here because the Gemara is going to deal with it later, not today. Kayote, let's say that a person uh, takes fruit from a place where the food has already uh, been consumed by, there's no more food growing for the animals, to a place where it is not consumed, or vice versa. You have to do beer. We'll see what that means. This, this beer is not the same as the beer for Hamas. We'll get to all of this uh, at a later point. We have no idea what this means. We'll talk about this in the Gemara in the coming days. I don't understand. We said uh, the Isra Malach by, Ar- by Arbe Psachim. Why only by Arbe Psachim? Says the Gemara, five lines down, Nunamid Beis. Afilu Arbe Shabbos says Rabbi Yamim Tobim Nami. The halacha should be the same. An Arab Shabbos and an Arab Yantiv. We should not be. Uh, preoccupied with other things on Erev Shabbos and Erev we try to be as ready as, as early as we can. We're not talking about Isra Malach in a formal way, about Isuri Dereis or even Isuri Dereis. You should try to go into Yantiv, Benachas, Benachas, try to set the table the night before, whatever you can do to prepare. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, A person who does work um, from Mincha, from the time where one is allowed to daven mincha, so then they, they don't get simen bracha from that work. That's not going to be profitable work. That's not going to work for you. That's not going to, it will have no payrus. So says the Gemara, why does our Mishnah distinguish? Answers the Gemara, answer number one, there's a difference between mina mincha lamala and samach lamincha. So one is more, uh, one is earlier than the other. So uh, by us, we're going to try, by, by Pesach, we're going to be mina mincha lamala, is uh, samach lamincha. And here is Mina Mincha Lamala. And Hacha, uh, Hacha, and sorry, that's answer number Samach Lamincha Lo. Oh, Hacha Mechatzos, excuse me. So one is from Mina Mincha Lamala and the other is from Chatzos. Mincha is a half hour after Mincha. Uh, according to some of Horshim, or is it talking about the other mincha, which is at nine and a half hours in, in the day, Mincha Gdola, Mincha Tana? So one answer is that we're talking about 
the difference between Chatzos Hayom, which is Pesach, versus Samach Lemincha, which is talking about Shabbos and Yontif. That's one distinction on Erev Shabbos and Erev Pesach. Inami, another answer, Hasam Simin Brachahu Delochazi, Aval Shamute Lo Meshamtin It's true that you will not get a Simin Bracha, but you will also not be put into cheirem. However, hacha by Pesach shamuti nami mishamtinale. If a person does malach on erev Pesach, they would be put into cheirem in a place where it's makom shenagu, where they're not supposed to do malacha. Shamute is shamtin and is a language of excommunication, a language of, of nidui. Um, this comes up all over shas. It's a, a shas, a good shas word to know that shamute nami mishamtinale speaks about excommunication. The Gemara now quotes a brisa similarly. Kufa, let's finish off the whole brisa. We only learned part of it. If a person does malacha on either the, the eaves of prior to uh, Shabbos and Yantiv uh, from Minchal Mala and on Motzei Shabbos and on Motzei Yom Tov and on Motzei Yom Kippur, what are all the Motzei's talking about? So there's discussion in the post game, but the Shulchan Aruch quotes this as speaking about uh, interrupting with Havdalah. Whenever we're concerned about you getting yourself into trouble, on Erev Shabbos, Erev Pesach, Erev Yantif, we're concerned about you missing the opportunity to do to enter into Shabbos Yantif the right way. Just a tam, a little touch of an Avera. By, by, uh, by Motzei Shabbos, when we have Avdalah, you have some, some other reason. You're not allowed to eat uh, until you do Avdalah. So the, these are the Nidu de Avera, including a tiny Sibur, and all of those things, there is no Simen Bracha. One third, a little bit more than one third of the way down at the two Dastan Rabbanon. Veniskar. There's a person who will uh, work, who will function with Zrizus and get reward. And there are people who work hard and they don't get a reward. There's a person who's lowly and he gets a reward. And there's a person who's lowly and doesn't get a reward. And now let's go through all four of these iterations. Our four parameters are Zaris and Shuffle. And then within each of those, are they are they uh, niskar or are they nifsa? So number one, halfway down, zariz v'niskar, a person who works hard and gets reward. That is the avid kula shabta. He works the whole week. shabta. He doesn't work this since Eretz Yisrael. There's no, there's no work on Fridays. So that, I don't know if it comes from this Gemara, but it, uh, I have no idea. But the, the point is that if a person saves time on Erev Shabbos to, to prepare for Shabbos, then they worked hard the whole week. We're going to take a break. Fine. So they're going to take a break as Shabbos comes in. Zariz Venifs out a person who works hard, but they lose out. That's the Avid Kula Shabta Avid Bamale Shabta. They worked all the way until the last minute before Shabbos. Not a judgment. We're not talking about our, our culture right now, but this is the idea is to make sure that we can go into Shabbos properly. Shafal Veniskar. What about a person who is seemingly lowly or lazy? The article used the word indolent. If you use an English translation and you need a dictionary to understand the English translation, it's not helpful. What does indolent mean? I have no idea. So shuffle, the person wasn't trying so hard. Let's see what that means. Shuffle beniskar. So lo'avi kula shabta, they didn't work the whole week. They did zero work. They're lazy, but they're niskar because they went into Shabbos properly. However, shuffle v'nifsad is the low abid kula shapta, the abid b'malish is the worst iteration, is that you, you don't work all week, and the only day you work is on Erev Shabbos. So then you didn't do it right. Then you're, you're lazy and you got nothing. Then you get no reward for that. Amarava, hani nashe de mechoza, there are certain women who lived in mechoza. Afalgato abdan abidita b'malish shapta. They did not do any work on, uh, on Erev Shabbos, but they didn't do it for the wrong reasons. They didn't do it. It was mishum mifan kusa, who... We say if a person's a mafunak, they're very particular, they're very prissy, they're very, they need things to be perfect. 
So then the Hakol Yomanami Lokab, then they didn't do anything ever. They're lazy. Abal Hachi, Shuffle Veniskar. Can we still treat them as Niskar? Because granted their motivations were wrong, but the Metzias was still right, which is that they didn't work on Erev, Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, not work, work in a Malacha way. Again, just that they prepared time to get ready for Shabbos. So says the Gemara, speaking of intent, a famous, 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 well-known Gemara, um, and that is as follows. Rava, Rami Ksiv, Ki Godol Ad Shamaim Chastecha. We have a Pasuk that says that it's Godol Ad Shamaim. It's great up until the heavens. Uchsiv, and another Pasuk writes, Ki Godol Me'al Shamaim Chastecha. So what is Ad Shamaim and Al Shamaim? Those are different ones up to, and the other is above. So what is this distinction? How do we answer this two-thirds of the way down? Kan Be'osin Lishma, Kan Be'osin Shelo Lishma. It's an unbelievable thing. When a person does something lishma, they're considered me'al shamayim. But even if you keep Torah shaloh lishma, you're still ad shamayim. You're not me'al shamayim, but you're ad shamayim. That's, it's remarkable. The mitzvos alone inherently bring us to such a high level, even when our intentions are not golden. We're doing them stam. We're doing them for our own benefits. Uh, we're good people. It's just as hard to be. One of my rabbim used to say about Rabbi Yitzchak Kohn. One of my rabbim used to say about Rabbi Yitzchak Kohn. When I was in YU, he used to say, that's one person who has real Yerashamayim and he does everything. He learns Torah Lishma. The rest of us, we all have an ulterior motive. Uh, maybe Yeshbazet maybe Davarma could be, but don't beat yourself up over it because the level of that is considered Ad Shamayim. It's a very, very, very lofty level. Baruch Hashem, to do any mitzvah is, is its own value. Uchud Rabbi Huda, Da'am Rabbi Huda, Marab, Lo'olam Yasok, Adam Torah Mitzvos, Afal Pishalo Lishma, Shemitoch Shalo Lishma, Balishma. If a person is keeping mitzvahs for the wrong reasons, they're doing it shalolishma, they're doing it for their own personal benefit, whatever the case may be. So then, and some add this in, as long as your intention is at some point to try to reach the levels of lishma, then all of your lolishma is nefach lios lishma. And according to some, this is a gorgeous psychological approach. In or, They interpret this gemara, the only way to ever get to lishma is to first go through the process of lolishma. You can't get to lishma without going through lolishma. There has to be a kinyan of lishma. It's very difficult, very hard to be lishma. We have a lot of things drawing on us. As one of my Revolva says this explicitly in his statement, that when it comes to kavod, he says that kimat, that you can't even remove the kavod from a person. No such thing. Even when they're bechedre chadarim. Okay, but I know, I know I'm chashav. I know that I'm doing this mitzvah for this. It's impossible to separate out our ego in that way. And as my Rebbe says all the time, it's, it's, it's very healthy to have a healthy ego. It's very unhealthy to have a very unhealthy ego. And it's very difficult to remove ego from us. And he said, that's not our avod on this generation. If you're going to work on your midos, it shouldn't be on gaiva. Work on kindness, work on other things, because it's uh, very, very difficult to extract from our consciousness and from our midos the concept of gaiva, let us take this approach of the Gemara, granted, maybe we're doing it with ulterior motives, but it should all be toward the grand idea of doing so for the right reasons. Just a little bit more and then we'll stop. It says, person who relies on his wife uh, to make money with a particular see, particular role, as we'll see shortly, the Gemara or Berechaim to to rent out a grinder, a grinding machine. When she's walking around, Rashi here points out what's going on here. Maskulta, 
This is Rashi. It's about halfway down on the page, about five inches above where we are. Rashi, almost a little bit more than halfway down, Maskulta says, She takes this scale. It's a two-sided scale, the ones that we see in the pictures. And she goes around saying, hey, you can take, uh, anyone want to rent this? It's a couple bucks to use. And they say, sure, no problem. However, it's she's going around to make to make a couple of pennies. It's, it's a bush of a cherpa. So if you look at the end of the last two lines of Tosos, that when she's actually doing the ASEC, her, her sleeves roll up a little bit and it reveals parts of her arms. And that is also considered a bizayon. That's considered to be a bizayon. It's considered to be a busha. Again, I don't know how to bizayon, embarrassing. Not so clear. But that's what it's talking about here in the Gemara. What about Rechaya? Rechaya Igrasa. Rashi says here as well, Dibramaskal Igrasa, the Rashi under the one we just saw. That's a lot of work for a little pain, not worth it. Aval. If a woman has a job and that job is a profitable job and it's not a bizayon to her, wonderful. Let her do so. That's great. Famously from Aisha Skyo from uh, um, from Sefer Mishlei, so so that is uh, that is something that is considered to be perfectly appropriate. The poles that are used for fences, if that's what you're selling, again, this is back in the day, probably not applicable now, but that's why in my time came in the nafish, uh, we're worried about people see their tall pieces of whatever you're getting. People say, oh, they've got, they've got a good business. They start talking about you and they're, 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 they're and it causes for some, uh, some marasayin of some kind, some shalta be'ina. Tana Rabbanon, tagre simto, megadle behemadaka. You have people who are tagre, they're merchants in a simta in an alleyway. Megadle behemadaka, people who raise um, smaller animals. Vekotzitze ilanos tovos. And people who cut down uh, good trees. Venos nene nehen bechelak yafe. And when they take from it, they take the best part for themselves. So says, the, says the Gemara, what's the reason why they don't say Simon Bracha? Come on, you took the best piece for yourself. You're not even thinking about other people. Take a regular piece for yourself and give everybody else what's appropriate to them. Um, yeah, one last piece and then we'll stop. Tanu Rabbanam, we'll get to the next set of two dots and then we'll stop. Tanu Rabbanam, Dalit Putos, Ein Ben Simen Bracha Lolam. There are four types of coins, quote unquote, four types of Parnassas that don't have Simen Bracha. Schar Kosvin, the people who write Back in the day, the Rebbe would have the Torah to share, but he'd have a, a person be his loudspeaker. He'd have someone just be the mouthpiece for his shear. The schar yisomim, the schar of people who take care of yisomim. And relying on money that comes from foreign lands that are traveling by ship. I understand, says the Gemara, why you think that there's no bracha that comes from schar maturgamanin. The people who are going to be uh, the mouthpiece, the loudspeaker for the Rebbe. Because on Shabbos, it doesn't look right. Because when you're teaching on Shabbos, people know you're getting paid and you're working on Shabbos. I felt that it might be mutter because you prepared before Shabbos. You hire a babysitter to work on Shabbos, but you have to pay her for the schlepping before Shabbos or after Shabbos, whatever it is. 
That's how that's how we get around that problem. But anyways, it doesn't look good, so we can understand that. Um, yeah, it's very hard for them to say no. It's easy for you to chop a rind in those cases to take a little bit of extra, and that's not right. Money's coming from other places. You're relying on that income. You can't rely on miracles every single day. So therefore, that uh, we understand why none of that money is considered good money. In my time, and the people who write, uh, you know. Uh, Sifrei Torah, Tefillin and Mezuzah, Sifrei Stam. Why is that not good? My time, I'm Rabbi Yeshua, Ben Levi, a crazy idea. Kaf Dalet Tainios, Yeshua Anshei Knesset Agdola. There were 24 fasts that the Anshei Knesset Agdola had. Al Kosvei Sarn Tefillin and Mezuzah Shaloyis Ashur. That these people who write should never become overly wealthy. Shalmalei Mis Asrin Ein Kosvei. Because they would stop doing their jobs. Because, ah, I'm going to go find a job that's more profitable. I'm done. Or I'm going to kick back and relax. No, we need people to write Sfarim Torah. Uh, tefillin and mezuzos, and that is obviously a central part of, of our whole life. We wear tefillin every day, Sefer Torah three times a week. Um, mezuzos are everywhere. These are big mitzvahs, so they would daven. Uh, they had 24 fasts to make sure that these people wouldn't get too wealthy. We'll pick up in Mirza Hashem tomorrow night from Tanar Banan Kosvei Sfarim on the bottom of Nun Amud Beis. Have a beautiful night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.